Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Lucy Hickmott. It's Friday the 10th of January. Coming up, mum calls for specialist trolleys at all supermarkets. Just because somebody has an invisible illness, it doesn't mean to say that they don't suffer on a daily basis. And as a parent, I'm going to fight for my child to have the rights that they are supposed to have. Girls as young as 13, victims of upskirting. The numbers I've seen officially have never been reflective of the amount of people who have come forward to me personally. And Gillingham take on Boss's former club. I'm in love with the Jills and we're going to go and try and be an ex-girlfriend. Kent Online News. First today, police searching for missing Orpington firefighter Anthony Knott have confirmed they found a body in a river in Sussex. The discovery was made at Denton Island in New Haven this morning and is believed to be the 33-year-old. The father of four disappeared during a night out with colleagues exactly three weeks ago. A woman whose daughter has learning difficulties is calling for all major supermarkets to have specialist trolleys after a store in Kent failed to provide one. Benita Moby's eight-year-old has sensory processing disorder and needs to be in a secure seat while they're shopping. She checked online that they were available at Asda in Tunbridge Wells, but when she turned up, staff told her they hadn't heard of them. Ish has been hearing about the family story. If she is having a particularly bad day, we have to actually sit her in a standard trolley, which gives just little room to put shopping in and she actually enjoys the pressure of shopping on her lap that's part of the sensory processing disorder side of her so um, it's really hard to describe but when you're eight years old you know you're smaller than adults anyway you're in a busy shopping environment and it becomes very overwhelming for her so the noise of the the trolleys the tills the music the people and it becomes too much and she'll quite often um try and go and hide somewhere or she'll um, sit on the floor Uh, it can be quite stressful and you know we get a lot of looks as if to say oh she's misbehaving but because she has what they class as an invisible illness they don't understand what she's going through so for her it's like having the volume 10 times louder and she feels almost claustrophobic in that type of environment. So she feels safe when she is sat within a trolley and then we also have control over the situation because we're not having to chase her around the store because she doesn't know what to do with herself. And so how important for you, how beneficial is certainly that specialist type of trolley that you would normally go and use? It would make a world of difference. It would mean that we wouldn't have to plan our shopping trips around my daughter's mood for the day um, because I know that when she's having a really bad day we can't even risk going out shopping so to have that security she would feel much better about being in that environment because she can sit there with her ear defenders on she can sit there with um, you know a book or something to distract herself whereas as if she's walking around with us she doesn't know what to do with herself because she's having to walk through this environment that is making her really really uncomfortable being in this type of trolley trolley gives her the security she needs to be able to be close to us but also have the freedom of also being walked around the store rather than being um you know constantly holding my hand obviously as the obviously a major supermarket and as you mm. pointed out it is stated on their website that there should be one of these go to shop trolleys i think they refer to it as that's it yeah so 
when you spoke to the staff, what was their reaction? Again, just just to reiterate, you said they had no idea about it. Yeah, I mean, when I went into the store, I got a very blank look. I mean, they were, they were helpful in the store, don't get me wrong. And he went and asked a, a senior member of staff and they just said they'd never heard of them. And that's when I sort of said, right, OK, I need to ring head office to find out why it's on their website if the store don't in fact have them or have never heard of them but even when I rang the head office the person I spoke to on the phone hadn't even heard of them and I gave them the the trolley name and explained that it was on the website and you know I've taken a screenshot of that just to show them that it is there um, it's just surprised me that they had no clue what they were and I know that other major shopping uh, retailers and I know that there's one in Tunbridge do the specific trolleys but for those who can't get to Tunbridge you know I'm one of many families who face this situation every time they need to go shopping so yeah it was just quite a shock they were saying that there was no demand for them but if parents do not know that these facilities are available to them there is not going to be a demand. Did you feel alienated by that? I did actually because um, just, just because somebody has an invisible illness, it doesn't mean to say that they don't suffer on a daily basis. And as a parent, I'm going to fight for my child to have the rights that they are supposed to have. And as a disabled child, whether or not you can see that, um, you know, they need to have these facilities available to them. Even if they only had one or two trolleys available and they kept them in the stock room, they don't have to be out for everybody to see. But as long as parents know if there's a sign or something to say, you know, please come and speak to us if you require one of these trolleys, then they're not discriminating against those that need them. And, you know, the, the public are very quick to judge a parent by how their children's behaving. And they might not be aware that that children is behaving that way because that child is under stress. Are you concerned, obviously, by that response? And certainly there could be a lot more families in a similar situation. Absolutely. I have no doubt that um, I'm certainly not the only person that would get a lot of relief when they go shopping. And, I, you know, I know it's it sounds a menial task, but actually when you're doing something that you need to do on a weekly basis with a child who is uh, having issues with you know, even if they're non-verbal and things like that, they should all have access to these trolleys because they, they need to be able to go and live a normal daily life. And people can't do that because they don't have the ability to make it a bit less stressful for their children. Because it's not just the child who has these needs that suffers. It's their siblings and it's the parents. Um, you know, so I do feel that every store should have at least one or two of these trolleys available. Asda have apologised and say they've replaced the trolley, which will be available to customers at the Tunbridge Wells store in the next few days. Kent Online reports. Armed police have been called to a house in Gillingham following concerns a person inside may have a weapon. Officers were spotted at a property on Richmond Road at about half four this morning. A man's been arrested on suspicion of cultivating cannabis. A woman's been left terrified after teenagers pointed a gun at her in Dover. Police were called to the Beaconsfield Road area yesterday following a number of reports of two boys with a BB gun. They were unable to find the suspects and are still looking into what happened. Now, Iran is rejecting suggestions a Ukrainian passenger jet was brought down on Wednesday by one of its missiles. The country's civil aviation chief denies an Iranian rocket was fired, even in error. 
All 176 people on board died, including four British passengers. Among them was an engineer who worked in Dartford. Tunbridge and Walling MP Tom Tugendhat, who's former chair of the Foreign Affairs Select Committee, says there needs to be a thorough inquiry. We need to hope that the Iranian government will do the right thing now and make sure that they have a fully open investigation. But of course, the Iranian government is a very, very fractured organisation. It's many different power centres. And so finding a way through this is going to be very difficult for the Iranians themselves, let alone their cooperation with others. The partner of a homeless woman who died in Ashford has described her as his beautiful soulmate. Flowers, candles and cards have been left outside NatWest in the Lower High Street, where 50-year-old mum of three, Lisa Smith, used to sleep rough. She died from pneumonia at the William Harvey Hospital on the day before New Year's Eve. Girls as young as 13 have reportedly been the victims of upskirting in Kent. In the six months since a new law was introduced, police in the county have dealt with 10 cases. Campaigners say in the past officers weren't sure how to deal with the allegations. Gina Martin led the drive to change that after a picture was taken up her skirt at a festival in 2017. The numbers before we started this campaign were kind of non-existent because upskirting uh, didn't even exist in law as language, so it was, it was just impossible to get a number that represented the problem. It's fairly naive of us to say that a law changes people's minds. It actually doesn't. It sets a precedent and it also deters people and it um, also holds people accountable who you know, get involved in this kind of ridiculous, horrific behaviour. But it doesn't change people's minds culturally. The numbers I've seen officially have never been reflective of the amount of people who have come forward to me personally in the last two years. So these numbers, I'm sure, will keep rising, but they do mark that people are feeling more comfortable to come forward and report, and also that the constabulary and people are taking this seriously now. Across the whole of England and Wales, there's been nearly one report of upskirting every day. Kent Online News. An action plan's been put in place in part of Kent to tackle bin collection problems after it was revealed up to a thousand a day were being missed. Tunbridge and Morling Borough Council have held an emergency meeting with the company contracted to collect the rubbish. It's been agreed more lorries and staff will be introduced. The company must also pay a fine and has been warned the fees could rise if problems continue. A Chinese restaurant in Canterbury has been ordered to make major improvements after inspectors found a dirty kitchen in need of a deep clean. They carried out a spot check at Café de China in the St George's Centre and also reported a mouldy fridge and poor hand-washing procedures. It was given a one-star rating following the check-up in November. Management insists improvements were quickly made when inspectors revisited a few days later. A petition's been set up against plans for a new supermarket near Maidstone. People living near the site of the proposed Lidl in Ditton fear it'll cause traffic problems and will affect local smaller shops. If given the go-ahead, it's thought the store would employ 40 people. Some of Sir Winston Churchill's paintings are being displayed in an art trail at his former home in Kent. Eight pieces have been placed around the grounds of the National Trust property in Westrum near Sevenoaks, where he painted them between 1924 and 1950. The studio annex at Chartwell will also be open, showing the wartime Prime Minister's creative journey in more detail, with a huge interactive touch wall projection. Grace Stollery is from the National Trust. Painting was a um, really important part pastime for Sir Winston Churchill. Um, it was something that he used as a kind of release from the pressures of his career. Um, he loved to paint um, and when he did paint 
Um, as much as he could, he tried to do this outdoors, immersed in the landscape um, that he was trying to capture. Um, so this year is our 125th anniversary for the National Trust and across the country, we're all exploring the themes of health and wellbeing. Um, so Churchill really regarded painting to have a significant positive impact upon his health, uh, his mood and his, his well-being. So our art at Chartwell Trail is celebrating the paintings that Churchill painted here at Chartwell, the spectacular views that the paintings depict and the kind of impact um, that painting can have upon mood and well-being. Just to go into a little bit more about the history, I mean, why, why was painting such an important pastime for Sir Winston Churchill? So Churchill enjoyed painting as it was something that he could become completely absorbed in. Um, the fact that it required such a high level of immersion and concentration was something that he really enjoyed. I think in that way it kind of helped um, relieve some of the pressures um, of his career um, as it took up a lot of his attention and his concentration. He also really enjoyed the sensory aspect um, of painting. So the physical act of squeezing the paints out of the tube and spreading them out on the canvas, that was something that he got a lot of um, enjoyment and pleasure from. Although painting was really important to Winston Churchill, he painted purely for enjoyment. Um, he didn't paint for recognition or acclaim. He didn't want, um, he didn't paint for other people. He painted for himself. Uh, he said, I don't presume to know how to paint, but only how to get enjoyment. So it was all about um, the impact that it had upon his personal mood and the kind of benefits for him as opposed to painting for other people. I understand there will, of course, um, although he didn't necessarily want recognition, that there is an award-winning copy of, of one of his pieces, is that right? Yeah, that's right. So one of the paintings that's going to be on display as part of our art at Chartwell Tray is Winter Sunshine, uh, which he painted in 1924. Um, it's probably one of his uh, most recognisable paintings. And uh, as you said, yeah, it won first prize when um, exhibited under a different name, not under his own name, but it won that at the Royal Academy Summer Exhibition in 1947. Can you just tell us a bit about what some of the other pieces will show visitors? We've got eight paintings in total that uh, make up the trail. Another one is called Black Swans at Chartwell, so it depicts the really unique black swans that we have here at Chartwell, which is a real um, kind of memorable part of a visit to Chartwell. Um, there's also a beautiful one called the Chartwell Kitchen Garden, which is placed overlooking the, the kitchen garden here at Chartwell, which has beautiful views um, over the Weald of Kent and beyond. It's a really bright and colourful, uh, beautiful painting, so it'll be interesting for visitors to come along um, and compare the view that Churchill captured in that painting to compare it to the view of the kitchen garden that they can see today. Kent Online reports. There are calls today for a rapid recovery service on the Sheppey Crossing after a broken down car left hundreds of drivers stuck. It had to be closed again earlier this week during the evening rush, which caused gridlock on surrounding roads. Campaigners have written to the MP to try and get something done about it. We're being urged to make sure our ovens are clean after one call to light in Maidstone. Firefighters were called to Ludnam Close yesterday evening and had to use a high-pressure fan to clear the property of smoke. It's not thought anyone was hurt. Two fast food retailers are set to move into the site of a former bank in Kent, which closed more than two years ago following a ram raid. Greggs and Subway are understood to be opening in just a few weeks in the old Nat West off Staplehurst High Street. Kent Online Sport. Football and the Gillingham boss has missed out on being named League One's Manager of the Month for December. Steve Evans had been in the running for the prize after going unbeaten last month and seeing his side move to within three points of the playoffs. 
The award has gone to Accrington Stanley manager John Coleman, while Alex Gilby from MK Dons won the Players' Prize, beating Jules's Connor Ogilvie. Looking ahead to this weekend now, and Gillingham are travelling to take on Steve Evans's former club, Peterborough. They haven't lost any of their last six League One games and are currently 13th in the table, with tomorrow's opponent seven places above them. The Jules manager says he's looking forward to going up against his old side. I think I've said it, the, the results I look for every every week when we finish is Celtic and Posh. That's just the two results I look for. I won't need to look too far for the Posh result this week, will I? Because I'll be in front of it. Uh, do I want to win? Yes. Will I have the same passion and commitment to win the game? Yes. Is is my love and loyalty on the day to Gillingham Football Club? Yes. Um, because anyone will tell you that it doesn't matter what I've managed, the teams I've managed over my career, you it's your girlfriend. You fall in love with them, don't you? And you... So I've, I'm in love with the Jules and we're going to go and try and be the next girlfriend. Congratulations on being nominated for Manager of the Month. Thank um, you. Conor Ogilvy also being nominated for Player of the Month. Um, do you think that's a testament to how well your team's been playing? Well, Conor Ogilvy has been outstanding now for months. Um, the only surprising fact is it's taken until December for him to get a nomination for Player of the Month. He's been fantastic. Um, to have the performances he's had, to have the goals he's had at key stages of games to have the commitment that he's had, um, then he's it would have been a travesty had he not been nominated. And looking at the game at the weekend, two sides in contrasting form, Peterborough not ha- necessarily had the best run lately. Um, what are you expecting from them this time round? Is it going to be quite a different game to the one that was at previous Well, it's a different team. In, in fairness to Darren Ferguson, he's had a lot of injuries to contend with. And um, in one or two of the teams, I was looking at the selection and realised there must be injuries. You know, you don't leave people at Madison out your team. You don't you don't leave people at Ice out your team. Um, so th- I would think this week will be the strongest posh I've been in. Spe- certainly with the two new signings I made, this will be the strongest they've been probably since October, November, when they were absolutely on a steam train. So this will be tough for us on Saturday. And of course, as you point out, three points off the playoffs. There, a team will seemingly be uh, in amongst it for sure towards the end of the season. Do you think? Um, well, how important is it going to be to, to get a result to get a win? Yeah, listen, I, th- I think I think they'll be in the playoffs at the end of the season. I think if if listen, if if we could go there and, and get a point, it would be a very good result. If we if we could go there and get three points, it would be surprising to a lot of people, but a fantastic result for us to go leveling points with Peterborough United with the investment they've had would just be an absolute outstanding achievement from the guys in the dressing room and we have to go about our business a little bit differently to Porsche they sign players that work so hard and have lots of talent for the level and perhaps above it we have to sign players that have uh, lots of ability to work really hard and, and try and get some talent onto the pitch and it's, a, it's two different strategies but we'll be we'll, we'll have a game plan we'll, we'll try and win the game um, if we share the po- if we share the points, I think it's been a good day for Jules. But I'm ex- I'm expecting to go there and have a good performance towards trying to win. And just looking at your own uh, away form at the moment, still just that one win on the road, and you've drawn your last two. How important is it going to be to? Yeah, not many defeats. Not no, many, no, no, of course not. Yeah, not many defeats um, because we're we're resolute, uh, we're committed, and we've been very unfortunate. But I, I just I look back at some of the recent away games. I look at Portman Road and Boxing Day. There's not many people would have come out with that. If that was a boxing match, that's where it's would come in after three rounds, wouldn't it? It would have been finished because we were so far dominant. The better team, better football, better passing, better moving, better chances, better everything. But we didn't. And credit, credit to the Ipswich lads who put their bodies on the line to get a point that day. 
But that's that's been typical of us on the road a lot of times. We've drawn games when we should have won them. But you know, this is one game on Saturday that happens, and if we get a point, it's a good point. If we get three, wow, we're level with a team that will finish in the playoffs. Certainly after an investment, it, it might not just be the playoffs, it could be automatic for Porsche. Is, is that going to be key though, getting a, you know, a few more wins away from home, if you're going to maintain that push? Yeah, listen, if we're going to get in the playoffs, we're going to have to win some games on the road, aren't we? Same as we are at home, but uh, I don't need to do the maths to anyone, but if we draw every away game and, and win the majority of our home, if we win 70% of our home games now, between now and the end of the season, and get a point every time we travel, we'll be in the playoffs. Un- unimaginable back in June. Gillingham have been steadily climbing the League One table over the last few weeks. Defender Connor Ogilvie says it makes them a threat in the promotion race. Obviously, with the with December just gone past and and our form in December, I think I, I, don't, I think teams are probably looking at us a bit more than than just Gillingham, and we're pushing on and and doing well in the league, and and with what we're three points off playoffs now. So hopefully, we can carry that on and, and stay in and around that. What's the mood been in training this week in terms of obviously you had that cup exit? Has that been easy to get over and knowing you've got to now pay your attention back to the league, which is probably what is most important to you? Guys? Yeah, definitely. I think obviously now that's gone, you can't dwell on it too much. And and like like, like I spoke about before, the, the next two games are, are big games, and I think they could really solidify what we where we're going to be in the coming end of the year. Do you think you're in a better place, a more sort of solid side compared to where you were a few months ago when you, you lost the home to Priestfield to Beachfield? Uh, yeah, definitely. I think we've, we've all, the whole team has improved um, massively and, and you can see that with results that we're getting and hopefully we can um, go there and, and, and get, some, get some points on the board. What do you think you learned from, from that game that you can take into this to, to try and obviously get a result this time? Uh, I think just the, just just the team, um, the team morale and the team, the the unit we have now is 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 quite a solid unit, and we work as a whole team. So it obviously helps a lot more that obviously we can we we're not conceding as many and we're scoring goals, which which is uh, the main thing. Which is obviously going to be crucial against the two top goal scorers. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I think obviously they're, they're they're two great players, and and hopefully we can nullify them and and. And Brandon and whoever else plays up top can can be getting the goals for us. And finally, Gillingham have signed a new player. Forward Jordan Roberts will be joining them on loan from League One rivals Ipswich Town and could play in tomorrow's match. Steve Evans says he's sure he'll become a fan favourite. He can play anywhere across the front three. He can play as a front two. He can play as a single boy. He can play it wide. He is he is a good good signer for us. Don't just judge him on what he does. I said about Alfie Jones. I said that with Tommy. I said that Ogilvy, when I put me left back, we'll put him there when it's right. We did. Um, our supporters will like this boy. The Jills have also agreed a new deal with midfielder Ollie Lee, who'll be staying with them for the rest of the season. That's it from me today, but for more news at any time, you can head to kentonline.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.